0: This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, episode 422. Welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast. I am your host today, Jacob Paulson, substituting for Riley Bowman. I am joined by co-host and producer, Matthew Marister. Welcome, Matthew.
1: Thank you, and I'm substituting for Jacob Paulson. Yeah, that's really
0: awkward. <laughs> um, well, thank you for everyone who's joining us live right now on Facebook and, and YouTube. And thank you to all of you who subscribe to the podcast and listen to the recordings in the audio feed. We love you all and appreciate you being here. It's a bit of a turbulent time here in the U.S., various things are causing panic and drama and rioting and whatever. But it being the beginning of summer, today's topic we're going to talk about how to maximize your ROI, how to get the most out of the next class you're going to take and obviously our primary focus here is on a firearm related class a shooting class so i suppose most of these things we're going to cover probably would apply to any class that you might take so it's going to be super fun exciting and all that kind of stuff for sure yeah before we get into that word from our sponsors we have two sponsors today The first one is the Yellowstone kit from Mountain Man Medical. Mountain Man Medical's new uh, brand, a new product line, launched in early February. And the thing you need to know about Mountain... Like, if I really had to distill this brand down, like, as simple as I could make it, I'd say there's two things you need to know. First, Mountain Man Medical puts only proven, tested, name, brand, high-quality components in their kits. So the gauze in there, the tourniquets in there, the bandages in there, the gloves in there, none of that stuff is like some random cheap stuff that, that they picked up from China. Uh, all of the components are from proven companies like North American Rescue, H&H Medical, uh, you know, etc. Like th- this is stuff like that's been used, proven, tested, and found to be effective by the U.S. military. So you can have some confidence that everything going into a kit from Mount My Medical, including everything in the Yellowstone kit, is quality and name, brand, and proven and tested. And then the second like, big core thing that you need to know about that brand is simply that it's the cheapest. Mm -hmm. That despite having the best components in their trauma kits, it is the least expensive. Uh, That they just operate on lower margins and they do it to ensure that the highest number of people out there can have quality medical gear. And in fact, if you're a school teacher or uh, active or retired military or if you're law enforcement or... You know, a number of other professions I can't remember right now, you can also save 15%. So go to mountainmanmedical.com and check that out. If you're interested in those discounts uh, based on what you do for a living, you scroll down to the very bottom of the page and they have a thing there that says available discounts. And our second one is pig lube. Matthew, I'm going to let you talk about pig lube. You actually did an interesting test a year or two ago with with pig lube and a handful of other lubricants but yeah uh, tell us tell us about pig lube
1: yeah pig lube i I still use it i love pig lube they have like this little kit range kit i think it's called has everything in there that you'd need to you know to to clean most of your firearms different calibers and everything but the pig lube is pretty cool not only does it work in lubricating your firearm um but it smells like bacon so that's how they get the name pig lube right smells like bacon so it's good um but yeah referencing that that article so i kind of did a you know i I don't know mr wizard type experiment in my garage and i got a drill bit or a a drill press and uh, i took some metal and pennies and lubricated them and Different with different lubrications and, and try to keep uh, the same, same type of uh, friction between uh, the penny and this metal, and just kind of see how long it would take for uh, that, that, that lubricant to burn up and things. And um, so, it's not if you use lubricant like uh, Hoppy's oil or something, it's not an oil, it's and it's not so much of a grease. I think it's somewhat in between. Um, so it, it stays where it's supposed to be. It doesn't drip out down through your gun and everything like that. It stays where you want it, but it's not as thick as grease where some people, you know, they'll shoot it, it, it you know, in winter time or really extreme low temperatures. And they're like, ah, I'm afraid that, you know, if I use grease, it's going to, you know, seize up or get gunky in the winter time or something like that. So it's kind of in the middle. So, I I mean, it, I love it. it. Smells good, works. And I don't know much more I can say about it. It's it's, it's, yep. it's good. And you can buy
0: unscented, certainly, if you don't want sure, the bacon sure. smell. But, yeah, it's – I mean, it ha- one of the ingredients is sy- synthesized bacon grease. And synthesized basically means they're removing all the harmful fats and sugars and all that stuff. And you're just actually left with the, the actual grease. And then they come—they add to that a synthetic oil that's very fancy and awesome and expensive. And then they add to that this, these nanoparticles. Think like microscopic uh, ball bearings, effectively, that fill in all the little cracks and gaps in your metal uh, and make it operate uh, better. So, yeah. Pig lube, awesome. Check it out on our website concealedcarry forward slash pig lube, and uh, get some of that today. My favorite thing about pig lube, frankly, is the applicator. It comes in this like lip gloss style container, and so you know don't don't put it on your lips and don't let your daughter find it or whatever. But but it's just slick because there's no waste. I'm not putting oil on a rag or a patch or a cloth and then wiping it on something and hoping it doesn't spill and then throwing all this stuff away, I just pull it out and I just use the applicator to put it where I need it on the gun and then I put it away. So like it lasts so much longer because there's so little waste.
1: True. Very, very good point.
0: All right. So with that, let's get into our topic today. Uh, and we, we labeled the episode today, 11 tips to getting the most out of your next class. And we dug up an article I wrote uh, a couple years ago on the topic and, and we might have to you know, tweak this or you know, add to it or anything like that. But I I think we kind of break this into three sections. There's things you can do before the class. There's things you can do during the class. And there's also things you can do after the class to really maximize your return on investment. And and we have to understand and recognize that some people invest pretty significant money to take one of these classes. Uh, I mean – I'm trying to think. Like the most expensive class I ever took, I, I took a two-day class in New Hampshire. That was very expensive for me, right? I had to have plane tickets, I had to have a hotel, um, I had to buy ammo when I got there. Went through a lot of ammo, five-five-six uh, or two-two-three ammo. So, you know, it was it was it was a very expensive thing for me to take that two-day class in New Hampshire at, at Sig Academy. Uh, and so, if you're investing that much money, like, don't you think that it's worth doing everything possible to get like maximize your ROI?
1: Yeah, super important, right? I mean, and this is, this is coming from the, the student's perspective, right? Like this, the instructor is going to do their own thing, but from the perspective of the student, you, you want to get what out of, uh, you, you can't help getting to a class and saying, Hey, the instruction wasn't as great as I thought, right? That's, that's kind of like on the instructor and things like that. We can talk about that, like how you can kind of vet your instructors. That's one of the things, but like, yeah, it's important that you get what you're p- putting into it because I mean, we, we all have a, a set amount of funds that we can we have to spend, right? So we got to make it work.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and obviously, the more you spend, the more hopefully you'd be inclined to make sure you get the most out of it. If I'm Correct. if I'm taking a four hour class at the local gun range for you know sixty bucks, which I haven't done that in a very long time. But if I, you know, then, then I might not go to as much effort, right, and, and do all the things maybe that we're talking about today. But there's still some of these things that take very little effort, frankly. Mm-hmm. It's just knowing to do it well, and you're going to get more out of your out of your class. Yep. So the first thing on our list, Matthew, is have the right gear. So how many times do you see a student show up, and because they didn't come prepared with the right gear, they're not going to have a super fun day?
1: Yeah, it happens quite a bit. Not so much like you said in the, in the basic classes, right? Where you're not drawing from holsters repeatedly or getting into compromise and in different, you know, positions. But, um, the, the big ones that I think of is not having a good gun belt, not having a good holster. So when you're drawing your holsters coming off with, you know, coming off the belt with the gun or, um, you know, you're, you're not, you've never vetted your gear and the, the screws start backing out or whatever. And you realize that your holster falls apart, um, or your mag pouch falls apart or you don't have a mag pouch or you don't have a secondary magazine or that magazine you've never used before and it always jams or something like that. Right. And that just makes it very frustrating for you and the other students and the the instructor, because now instead of running through your magazine changes and working on that, you're working on double feeds and, you know, gear falling all over the place and you can't get the, 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 the the training that you should be getting uh, as far as those individual core, you know, uh, uh, fundamentals.
0: And I think there's a challenge here because a large percentage of the people who show up in a class, you know, their first like all day range class on the range, they're they're running new gear. I mean a lot mm-hmm. of times our students sure. they they just bought that gun or they just bought that holster. You know, they bought I mean a lot of times people are buying the gear for the class. They're like, "Oh, I'm taking this class. It says I have to have this stuff, so I'm going to go buy it." Well, that that makes it hard to know if it's going to work really well for you. And so I understand that there's a bit of a conflict. On one hand, we're saying, "Hey, you need all this gear, so go get it." And then on the other hand, we're saying, "Make sure it's tested before you get there."
1: Like <laughs> You're right. Well,
0: that that's a bit challenging. I guess I have a couple thoughts. One would be the, the better you can vet that gear in advance of buying it, you know, via watching reviews online or YouTube videos. But also don't hesitate to just ask the instructor. Uh, hey, I just signed up for your class. Um, I saw you require I have X, Y, and Z. I'm thinking about buying the Blackhawk, whatever, and the you know, Bush Killer Five Thousand Thingamajigger. <laughs> you know, do you think these are good products, and will they be adequate for the class, or or should I look s- at something else? You know, that's an easy email to send, and I very rarely get those. Very rarely do I have a student, uh, and I don't know if it's a it's a matter of like it's intimidating to contact your instructor and ask questions, or if it's embarrassing, or or, or I don't know, I don't know why, but very rarely do I, do we have a student call us and say, hey. You know, what do you think about this gear that I'm thinking about getting for the class? So that would be my thought is, you know, just making a phone call and saying, hey, this is what I have I'm planning on bringing or this is what I'm thinking about buying to bring to the class. Uh, Do you think it's adequate or it's going to work well? It's going to go a long way. And and my other thought on this gear, on on this idea of bringing the right gear is it's okay to borrow or rent. Uh, a, A lot of students, you know, it's like, okay, I just bought, paid for this expensive class. Now I find out I need $200 worth of gear to take with me. Well, maybe I don't know what holster I want, or I don't know what light I want to put on my gun for this low light class I'm going to take. And so, contacting the instructor and saying, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm not sure yet what I want. You know, are there going to be some things I can use, like I can borrow at or rent at the class, so I can try a few different lights on my gun and see which one I like?" Um, Then then that's great too, because then you might have a little bit of frustration at the class because it's not anything you've been able to test in advance. But on the on the flip side, you might be able to use two or three different things and leave that class with great, you know, clarity of what you want to go purchase.
1: Yeah, I think those are really really smart points because, you know, in, in, it, from the instructor point of view, there's nothing. I, I don't want to say there's nothing, but one of the things I hate doing is seeing an, a a student who you know they just bought all this gear and it's just it's falling apart on them, and they're realizing like I spent like eighty dollars extra on top of the course fee for all this gear. So I'd be prepared and I want to be prepared and I'm here and I'm, I'm ready to go. And you see them saying, Oh my gosh, like all this stuff is, is not working out and I need to go spend more money now to buy actual gear. And so it, and it hurts me, you know, like, especially with guns and things, they, they go buy a gun and then they realize it, It's not what they wanted. And um, so yeah, I will I I, I, I'm the same boat. I've had some students reach out before and say, Hey, what do you think about this? I was you know, I don't have a spare magazine, but this and that I was thinking about buying this and I've said, Hey, I have a couple extra spares, you know, don't worry about magazine holder or whatnot, or I have Glock magazines a, a plenty. Um, but I, it is rare and it, it, it's nice to, to have them reach out. It really is. And trust me, if you guys are thinking about doing, taking a class like that, reach out to the instructor because also it starts to get you that personal uh, contact with the instructor beforehand. And they know, Hey, this this student wants to, wants to be there. They want to train well, and they, they're, they're ready to listen and learn and stuff. And it, it, it lets the instructor know, Hey, You know, the the student's there and and ready to go. So I think it it helps in so many different levels.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's number one, guys. Have the right gear. If that means buying it, you know, vet it before you buy it. Ask the instructor for feedback. If you need to rent or borrow, call in advance and see if you can. Uh, Most instructors have been doing this for a while. They got, I mean, I bring like three sets of guns, holsters, mags, and mag pouches to every, every big class I teach. So that if someone's gear goes down, I'm like no problem like here's here's an entire loadout you can borrow <laughs> not every instructor may be able to do that but if you in advance if you check with them it's going kind to of helpful the one time i really got caught up in trouble i had a student you know had an issue they they showed up with a holster that was like no way no how you cannot use that in this class and they had a relatively new gun on the market and they were left-handed i was like we just we don't have a holster for this gun, you know? So we just had to give them a different gun to run. And it was sad. They, they couldn't run the the gun they had just purchased in the class. But, you know, we just didn't have any backup holsters, left-handed holsters for this you know, relatively new model. So, yeah. All right. Number two, Matthew, tell us about this one. Learn as much about the class and the instructor as you can in advance of the class.
1: Yeah. So this is, this is one uh, that you pointed out. And another... You know, something that might go overlooked. So you sign up for a class and you're like, it's a, I don't know, whatever pistol, you know, pistol two, pistol three, whatever. And they give you a a brief synopsis of the, of the class. And you're like, okay, you will be covered this, 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 and this. And you're like, okay, it sounds good to me. But if you have any ability to go online and see these guys, uh, the instructor's Facebook page or YouTube, or if there's videos of, you know, different drills that they run in the class or a, a little snippet of of things you're going to be doing in the class, it's going to give you, it's, it's going to give you an understanding of, hey, what are the, it's not saying that you have to go in there being able to do all this stuff, but going in there with the idea of these are the things I'm going to be asked to do. And because the last thing you want to do is show up to a class and have it become overwhelming for you, either physically or uh, skill wise, right? Where you get into a class that is overhead skill wise is causing you to be completely tired out and you can't participate and do things safely or learn things. And that's that's not only is it a bad thing. Uh, ROI, but it's also kind of a safety thing. If, I mean, I, I remember we had a student and, you know, God bless him, but he, he, through the heat and everything, he just couldn't, he couldn't keep up. It was a very, you know, high stress or not high stress, but we we were doing a lot and it was hot and uh, he just couldn't come back the next day because it was just overwhelmingly physically f- for him. So if you're concerned or wondering about, Hey, what are the, what are the requirements that I'm going to have to be doing? Um, I've had students that have had, that have been amputees. Um, and, you know, most of the time you can, you can change the, the the course to to help them if they can't get into a certain position or do certain things. But if you're expected to do X, Y, and Z, and you physically can't because of a, a physical disability or something, that's something that you should kind of talk to the instructor beforehand. Right. And so you, you can give them the heads up, Hey, this is going to be something that I'll, I'll need some help with or work around. Yep.
0: Great thoughts. I, I just, there's even just like learning the instructor's philosophies about certain things. Maybe they have very, maybe that instructor has very strong feelings about how to rack a slide properly, or Hmm. uh, they clear double feeds different than everybody else or whatever, like anything you can learn about that instructor and like how they do things, what they do, or how that you know, certain things they feel strongly about. It's going to help you out. Like you're going to come to the class with better expectations. You're going to learn things faster. You'll pick up things faster. You'll understand and comprehend things faster too. Uh, all right, next on our list here is dry fire practice. I'm thinking uh, of a of a situation. I had a student show up, and this was a level two course, and the student had taken my level one class the year prior. So it had been 12 months, but they had taken it. And we're doing some of the initial exercises, and I'm thinking to myself, and this I, I'll just never forget this moment because it hit me so hard. I'm like, I'm pretty sure they forgot everything they, they learned a year ago. And... It, it, I don't know that they've forgotten it as much as it was clear that they hadn't practiced it and and uh, certainly not recently. And and with a little bit of work, obviously, they got they caught up fast and it was fine. but but the point is, if I'm going to take a class on Saturday, this week, I'm going to do a little bit more dry fire. I'm going to go to the range advance. I'm just going to freshen up my skills. I'm going to make sure that everything's on point, that I'm fresh, that I've you know, that i really drilled some of those things early on. If I can see the class curriculum and I know what's going to be covered, then I'm going to focus on specific things that I know I'm going to be asked to do. It's going to make me safer. It's going to make me better. I'm going to be able to adapt quicker. And I'm going to be able to learn more because if I'm focused on like, why am I doing this wrong? Crap, What's what's wrong with me? Um, then it's going to be hard for me to pick up on the new stuff. I'm paying to be taught, so you know, doing a little dry fire and freshening up your skills before a class is going to go a long way.
1: Yeah, I, I think a perfect example of that is uh, is if you go to a class that builds on other skills and 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 you haven't you have a poor uh, draw stroke, right? And every time you draw, your grip the the grip that you're building from is poor. You're not going to be able to grasp the, the, the concepts of what's happening after that. If you're always focused on trying to get that draw stroke correct because you haven't established that. And that's the foundational thing that everything else is going to be building off of as you draw the gun. Right. So it's like those little things start to detract from you being able to, to learn those other skills because the foundational one is lacking. So, um, and hopefully, you know, if you get to a class like that and an instructor sees, Hey, you're struggling in, in a foundational thing on a break, they'll pull you aside and kind of try to get you up to that speed. Um, but you, you know, you're kind of counting on that, uh, that instructor to notice it and, and, and be able to have the time and the, the ability to kind of uh, speed you up. And so if you can go in there at a level that, you know, it, it that, like I said, we're, you're not, You're not going to be expected to know the material you're going to be teaching, be taught, but you have to have that that basic foundational skill set.
0: Yeah, the way I would think of it is you should be at your best, whatever Mm -hmm, that is. Like, it's okay to not be awesome at anything that's going to happen in that class. Like, if you're like, well, but Jacob, I suck at drawing, so should I not take a class? Like, no, I'm not saying that at all. Like, go to the class and learn how to draw. Uh, What we're saying is what you do know make sure it's sharp and fresh sure yep you know so that, so that you're able to actually learn new things so that you can grow and not be hampered by the fact that you're just rusty <laughs> that's that's the big problem that we want to avoid here yep all right the next one uh, here Matthew and this is kind of I'll call it an obvious one but despite it being obvious it's a constant problem. And that is go in with an open mind. What do we mean by that,
1: man? It, this is huge, and and, and uh, this this kind of goes both ways. There's there's uh, students who have gone to m- multiple classes and learned from different instructors, and if you've if you're one of those people that have gone to multiple classes f- from different instructors, you're going to realize you're probably you know saying you know I, I agree with you that instructors teach different. Principles and, and, and concepts for si- similar things, right? For for basic things, even not everybody is in lockstep with how to clear, a, a, you know, a malfunction or, or, I mean, basic stuff, right? Um, and so, if you go into a class as a student and you're trying to show up the instructor by saying, "Well, I learned it this way," and this is this instructor and this is that, there are instructors um, that will take offense to that and. It, it creates a, a, a you know a, a a wall between the communication that's going to happen after that, like the learning pr- becomes more difficult. Um, there are instructors that, you know, know that have gone through this and say, Hey, you know, I understand you learned it this way and I teach it this way. Uh, one way is not the other, you know, right or wrong, but why don't you try it this way, this is how we teach it in this class. And, and after this class, if you like to go back to the other way of doing it, that's great, but, uh, it can't hurt to learn other, other techniques and, and see which one, uh, you like the best, but, um, but make sure that you go in there with the with the idea that I may learn something new or a new way of doing something that I already did, and it doesn't mean that the other class was wrong and this one is right, or this class is right or you know wrong and the other class is right. Um, you make that determination on what works for you and stuff. But go in there with an open mind because you you'd be surprised at the 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 uh, when you just kind of take off that you know, bubble of, I know what I'm talking about because I was taught by the best guy, so-and-so, and this guy is wrong. It could be that he's wrong, right? Like not every instructor's right, but it could be that it's the same side of or a different side of the same coin and he's trying to present it in a different way or or, or look at it in a different light. So um, open mind is good for the student as well as, as the instructor to not kind of be dogmatic in certain things, but some instructors absolutely are. So-
0: yeah, I'm I'm thinking in my head right now that if you go take a class at Front Sight in Nevada, and then you go take a, a class at Gun Sight in Arizona, and then you cruise up to New Hampshire and take a class at Sig Sauer Academy, you're going to quickly realize that there are th- those are three large, well operating, been around long time academies who all teach some some very basic things significantly differently. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't make any of them right. I think what it means is that the point of taking classes often is getting all those different perspectives so that you can learn lots of different ways of doing something and and figure out which of those is best for you. Or maybe what's best for you is an adaptation of what I learned here and there mixed together.
1: Absolutely.
0: And that's kind of the point. That's what you're paying for. Like when you take the class, you're paying to figure out how that person says to do some things. And I do think that, to your point, Matthew, a good instructor is also good at saying, hey, here's how I teach it. You can do it or not in this class. It's up to you. But, um, you know, like I'm here and you're here and you're paying to be here. So you might consider doing it the way I'm teaching it <laughs> so that you have that opportunity to learn it this way. But a good instructor is probably not going to like, you know, throw you out of the class because you refuse to draw the way they say to draw or grip the way they say to grip. Um, and sometimes, the you know, it comes up, oftentimes an instructor just has the foresight of knowing that, Oh, well, if that's how you want to, if that's the stance you want to use, it's fine. But when we start moving and shooting, you'll see that you're going to trip over yourself, and we're going to have to fix this. <laughs> so, you know, those those things are just the nature of the beast. All right, uh, so we can say that all day long, and I think most people know you need to go in with an open mind, but. I guess it's it's different to say that and it's different than, than to actually do it. Like that's one of those things that's easy to say and harder to do. You really need to go in and think, I'm gonna be a sponge and I'm gonna take everything they say at its at its value and later I'll figure it out. So those are all of our kind of pre-class, you know, thoughts about you know getting ready and, and taking advantage and and you know getting as much value as you can before the class starts. So to reiterate, we said have the right gear learn as much about the instructor in the class as you can, do some dry fire or otherwise prepare and make your current skills as sharp as they can be, Uh, knock off the rust, and then go in with an open mind. All right. During the class, pay attention to the other students. This is one that's a Jacob soapbox issue. I see this a lot. We'll be teaching and, uh, you know, by nature of the exercise, we need to break it into groups. So it's like, okay, we're going to have four, you know, everyone's going to line up in some line and we're going to have people go one at a time. Or maybe we'll break it into two groups and, you know, the side by side, one instructor is going to run this group and the other instructor is going to run this group. But what happens is people in the back of the line, they're just not paying attention. They'll I'll check in the current text message, or they are chatting with the other guy in the line about, you know, oh, did you hear about whatever happened in New Hampshire? Yep, that's why I carry, you know, and and that that's you know they're having conversations, and in my mind it's like you're you're missing out on so much value, like you are you are missing it because if you were watch this other person who's up here at the barricade doing this drill. You would see how they did this thing, and I mean, you might see I come up and I talk to them, and I say, "Oh, blah, blah, blah,", blah and you hearing me tell them something is something you could learn. Mm-hmm. Or you might notice them do something, and after that drill, you might raise your hand, be like, "Hey, I, I noticed that Bob when he did it, he did this thing. Is that is that okay, or is that as good, or like should I should I have done that?" Like, you know, there's so much you can learn. I'm going to tell you guys a dirty secret. When I'm in a class, anytime with the lineup for any drill, I never go first, <laughs> never. Uh, Maybe it's like a paranoia that I'm going to embarrass myself, but I really want to be last because I want to watch every other person go through that drill. I want to see how they do it, what they do well, what they don't do well, what things they try that don't work. I want to hear the instructor provide all the feedback to those people and say, oh, change it. Do this way instead. Oh, you're doing this wrong. I want to hear – and I'm going to soak all that up. And when I go through at the end, I'm going to have the best run I can have because I did all that observation and and I was taking notes and I was listening and I was paying attention. There's so much to be gained there. I know, Matthew. I, I might have just like gone too long on that one, but no. uh, I I
1: think people really miss out. Now you you were reading my mind. I mean, it, it, and it's it's frustrating to the point sometimes because, like to, to your point, you 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 realize that there's they're missing out individually on on learning right because learning takes place in different ways right like you might learn from listening to the instructor you might learn from watching the d- instructor demonstrate or you may learn from watching somebody do something wrong and be corrected and so there's all different ways people learn and if you're taking away one of those aspects then you're missing out on a potential way that you may be learning something and and uh, you know it's it's frustrating when it's I mean, in everybody, it's it's gonna happen where like somebody gets in a conversation and and they're not paying attention, like throughout a you know, six hour class or whatever. Um, but when it's the same people over and over, it, it 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 it's frustrating because you look and you know the other students have paid a lot of money and they wanna get training and you have to slow it down and repeat. You know, hey, you know we're gonna fire three rounds, and this is how we're gonna do it. Okay, everybody understand? And there are people standing right behind, watching them do that, and then they get up, and you say, "Okay, we're gonna fire three rounds. You guys know the know the drill." And they're like, "Wait, what are we doing?" And you're like, "We." you just saw somebody in three rounds. You're standing right behind him. Like you got to pay attention so we can move and get people through and, and, and learn and more rounds. And, and so um, it's, I don't want to say it's a selfish thing because everybody, you know, is going to be kind of off and talking about things certain times. But like, if I, I think as a group, you, you, you do a lot of uh, good for the whole group when you're engaged and you're learning and you're, hey, I picked this up and and so it it just makes it better for you, the instructor, the group as a whole and everything. So that's yeah, a really it, important thing that, you know, is it seems like a minor thing but it's huge.
0: You've invested your time and your money. Yeah. so like there is no shame or embarrassment to you maximizing your return on that investment. Another thing that's kind of along these lines but I see it as a common issue is what, You'll have a few students in the class who didn't bring as many magazines as everybody else, or they're running smaller capacity magazines, and so they have to go back and reload more often than others. And so you'll have a situation where it's like, okay, we're gonna run this drill. Everyone's gonna go through it, and that—that's you know, most of the students get done, and they're they're able to stand there and continue to watch. But one, one student gets done and like crap them all out and it's like, yeah, go hurry and top off your mags you know, before the next drill. And they got to run back to the table. They got to load up all their mags. And meanwhile, these other students who brought more magazines or they have higher capacity magazines, they're able to sit there and keep watching and keep learning while, you know, I started thinking of a fun, Fred, while Fred's mm-hmm. back at the table, you know, topping off mags again. So, you know, if the instructor says to bring three spare mags uh, and if you have a capacity of 12 or less, bring five spare mags, like just double it. Like if he says to bring three, bring six. If he says to bring five, bring 10. Because you having more mags available means that you're going to be able to, when everyone's loading mags, you'll be able to load all those up. And when you have opportunities to observe and learn, you'll be able to do that instead of being stuck uh, behind the firing line, topping off mags where you can't pay attention and you can't learn. So another little thing along those lines.
1: Yeah. Or the instructor might say, hey, we're waiting on those guys. You want to run the drill real quick? You're ready to go. and you get. I mean, you're getting more out of you know, mm-hmm. the, out of it. So, yeah.
0: Absolutely. All right, next one on here. Practice mental rehearsal. And what I mean by this, and I mentioned my own personal, uh, you know, f- faults here and confession that I always go last. I try and go last on a drill. Or at the very least, I don't want to go first because I want to observe a couple of the people run it. Like, what I'm doing, while I'm saying that line I'm, and I'm listening and I'm watching and paying attention, the other thing I'm doing is I'm mentally rehearsing myself doing that drill. And this is not to be clear like this is not about me looking awesome in the class. Like I don't care how I look. This is about me performing at my best so that I learn more, so that my body creates the right synapses, so that my my brain is doing it, you know, is is remembering the motions and it's it's about me performing at my best so that I can get more out of the class. And so if we're doing a box drill, and a box drill throws off a lot of people. It's like you're going to walk forward this way, then you're going to turn. You're going to you know run the sprint to this side, then shoot, then walk and reverse to this corner, and then you know run over to this corner while shooting, and then walk left again. You know, like it, some of these drills are quite complex, and so it's like, oh crap. So I'm going to sit in that line, and while someone one of, one of my fellow students is running that drill, I'm seeing myself doing it. I'm imagining as if I was them. Like I'm seeing through their eyes. I'm like, okay, Yep, he says go. I I draw. I'm going to walk this way. Bomb. I'm going to. Shoot! 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 Here, I'm. I'm probably gonna have a reload right about here. So then I'll be performing. Like I'm trying to mentally rehearse every exercise in my mind to the best of my ability before it's my turn to step up and do it, so that I can maximize my performance and get the most value from it.
1: Yeah. It, it, in, in and I'll, I'll give you the perspective of the of the instructor once again. And when I, you know, you have a student and you're like, okay, this is what we're gonna do. You're gonna move from this piece of cover. As you cross over and you're moving to that piece of cover, I want you to engage this target with a few rounds and that target with a few rounds on the move. Get to the, you know, w- when you reach the other tar, uh, other piece of cover, want you to assess and go back to the holster. And they're like, okay, got it, got it. And then you see them like, uh, you give them the command, they run across and then they get to the other side and they start shooting behind cover. And then they go to the holster and you're like... That was good. You did a great job, but that wasn't the drill. And we're working on this skill. So, you know, and it's like, you got to take them back or they miss out on actually, you know, the reps of that specific skill that you're trying to to, to try to, you know, teach. And so... And not out of, you know, a fault of their own that like maybe they, you know, they're purposely doing that or they were purposely not paying attention, but especially when 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 you have a complex thing or things that you've never done before, it's important to kind of like really put yourself in those shoes and kind of like, okay, let me pay attention what these students are doing or let me really like, this is what I'm going to do. Okay, blah, blah, blah. And, And so when you get up there, you're doing, because oftentimes instructors formulate their classes to build on different skills so if you're not doing that skill and you're doing something else it kind of gets it out of whack and you may not be developing the right skills and the right method and 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 things like that so um that's one of those things a a really good uh, point of just kind of like knowing mental rehearse and know what you're going to do before and if you don't know please ask the instructor like if you have to ask three times and say wait can you explain that again this is so you do it the correct way, um, and not not to say you're going to do it, you know, unsafely, but the method of, of, of doing it, um, ask, ask away, you know, ask away if you have questions.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And a lot of these things you notice kind of correlate together. We talked about, well, pay attention, mentally rehearse, right? Don't be afraid to ask. Like, these are all critical, critical things. They all work to that, some of those same objectives. Here's the next one on the list, and this is one I never would have thought of until I saw one of my students doing it. And that is to take notes during yeah. the class. So Matthew, what are your thoughts on this one?
1: Yeah, I I think Matt wasn't Matt. What is that the the student you're thinking of?
0: Oh, I can't remember.
1: I, I well, I, I I've seen a couple students take notes, and it's like it's awesome, right? Because you're like, okay, this guy is going to write down a couple. You know, things that, that to jog his memory or her memory once they get back home or in the future. So, so, because it's a key point to them, right? And it's not to say you got to have like a, you know, a, a, a you know, a book where you're writing down everything, but certain things that click in your mind, Um, you know, those times where you're, I'm sure you've seen this, Jacob, when you're talking to a student and all of a sudden you say something in a certain phraseology or for a certain word, and then all of a sudden you kind of see them, okay, now I understand it, right? And it's those types of things that like, if you write that down, like if it's, hey, position my hand like this, and it might be, um, you know, you know, the, the phrase that you use of blocking your wrist a certain way or doing whatever it might be. Right. And that clicks with you. And now I get it. Now I understand, like, I didn't understand. I saw him doing it, but now I understand it. Write that down because mm-hmm. when you go to the range and, you know, you, you, you don't have that good grip and, and you, you know, your follow-up shots aren't great. Then you're going to be like, okay, what is, how did I, how did I fix that? How the instructor and you look, okay, twist my, you know, get my hand lock it. Like, okay, mm-hmm. now I remember. And then y- you have kind of like the, the structure in your pocket a little bit, right? And those key things that, that really make a difference to you. And I, I think um, any class that you would take, right? Well, not just a shooting class, but any class you would be, you know, it's recommended that you take notes, right? Because you want to retain the information and be able to reference it at a later time. And, and, you know, I know we're on a range. We're not sitting behind a desk. So sometimes writing down notes might feel awkward, but there's nothing wrong with it. It's actually very good
0: it's not a big deal like just get one of those little tiny mini like flip note note notepads they're like three by five ish and they're on a spiral uh, and a a pen or a pencil just keep in your back pocket when you're at the range and Instructor, you know, drills over. Instructor's going to whip that sucker out, make a note. You know, in addition, to writing down things that, like really resonate with you. You might da- write down like things to work on, like oh, I really want to practice this, or you might write write down a drill. Uh, I really like the drill when we did, you know, shot at three targets left to right, and then we did a reload, then we went backwards, or you know, you whatever. Like you, you might write some of those things down, like oh, I really want to, tr- I want to try that again later. I want to review, it. You know, whatever the notes might be. I, I'm not a note taker by nature, <laughs> probably why why I'm a dropout, but. <laughs> I do think that it, it, there's significant value to writing a few things down. Um well, some some students might do that via on their phone. I had a student once, in fact he's one of our instructors, and he was taking an, an instructor certification class from us and he would just you know constantly when we were he'd have his phone out, he'd be tied. And I at some point I'm like, dude, like Eric, are you are you listening, bro? And he's like, I'm <laughs> taking notes. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. So then it hit me. I'm like, okay, that's awesome. Like he is doing it on his phone. And so I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. But I would I would say that if you are going to use your phone to take notes, um you might tell the instructor in advance, like, hey, is it okay if I take notes? Like just I I have like I'm gonna use this app on my phone, I'm just gonna type notes. And at least that way they they know you're paying attention, they don't feel disrespected. <laughs> uh, because otherwise, like, are you texting while I'm talking? Like, what's up with this?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know what, now that you mentioned that with the with the phone, that's a that's a really good um also segue into like Asking the instructor, "Hey, would you mind recording me running this drill? Mm-hmm. Um, because I want to be able to do it." In the in, you know, and I know, f- like I've had uh, students ask me, "Hey, can you record me?" Not just because they want to post on Facebook. That's cool if they want to do that, right? But they want to see how they're holding their gun, or how their feet are moving, or what they're doing, right? And it helps them. And I've done, I've done that also. You know, once I know a student what it wants, that kind of like, "Hey, I want that level of." you know, I want to see what I'm doing down to the point. I want to take notes. I'll, I'll even sometimes take a video of them without them knowing and say, Hey, you know, on a break, Hey man, look at, look at this. This is what your hands looked like, you know? And they'll, Oh, okay. You know, get your hands up a a little bit better next time. And, And, and so it gets them, you know, kind of like learning even above the kind of basic learning that's going on in the classroom it's kind of like another level almost so mm-hmm. um that's a really good that's a really good point
0: yeah, but maybe that should be like our 12th thing on the list is like, you know, get video. Uh, or maybe yeah. it's part of taking notes, like you said. But uh, uh, what I you'll see is often you'll see a couple of students who they almost like have a, a, I don't know how these things like spontaneously happen, but they have like these agreements between them, like you video me and I video <laughs> right. <know who> you. <laughs> yeah. And so they're constantly like trading phones, like, uh, oh, it's time for another drill. Right, here's yeah. my phone. Like, give me yours, you know? And you're like, yeah. at what point did they make these decisions? I didn't even notice. Right, but right. Uh, it's just like consistently all day long, like Bob is recording Fred and Fred is recording Bob. And they're constantly handing their phones back and forth. Yeah. Um, and, and to your point, you know, yeah, maybe they're just throwing it up online, but a lot of learning can come from having that video for sure. Yeah. So that's, that's awesome. All right. Next one here is ask for individual feedback. Matthew, I'm going to put you on the spot as an instructor. What percentage of your students, after the class is complete, follow up with you? Either, you know, maybe at same same day, same place, just, you know, everyone else is leaving. They're like, hey, can we talk? Or in a phone call or an email or something, and they say, can you give you know, from what you observed of me, is there anything specific you would give me in terms of feedback? How often does that
1: I, happen? I would say probably 10 to 20% after the class will ask questions. Uh, you know, like, hey, what did you think about this? Or, you know, um, I would say zero to 5% ever, you know, contact me after a class and say, unless it's an individual class that we were working together on, right? Sure. But sure. if it's a normal class... I almost never have somebody say, hey, you know what, I you know, I, what did you think about this or do you remember this or that or, um, you know, what can I do to, to increase on this? Because I remember you saying I was having difficulty coming out of the holster and I can't really remember exactly what you said to, to kind of help me get through that little, you know, hiccup I was having. So, um it, it, typically, like if they're going to ask, it's right after the class, right? Like people are saying, Hey, thanks for the class. Great class. Oh. And they'll kind of like go into that. And I don't know if it's because they, I don't know, just want to get out of there and they want to get home or they feel kind of like, okay, I, w- I don't want to bug the instructor and get, you know, an individual conversation or the, I'll do it later and they never get around to it, but whatever it is um, asking for individual feedback is very rare.
0: Yeah. It's very rare um i've had it happen i can think of i can think of twice that it's happened to me in both those instances the students bought me dinner wow. basically you know before the, the at the beginning of the day hey what do you have plans tonight for dinner can i buy you dinner after the class sure okay <laughs> like i love free food that's not hard mm-hmm. at all and then you know class gets over we go out to dinner and they're like hey so like what you know and, and they, they're asking questions how can i improve i know i, I certainly have done that um i i've I, if I'm going to pay a lot of money and take a class, I'm going I'm to ask that instructor very pointedly, like, what would you recommend for me to work on? Like, you, you just watched me for a day or two or three. Like, what would you tell me to do next? because uh, that's not something they're going to do. In a group of 8, 10, 12, 20 people, they're not going to like go one by one, like, okay, this is what you should work on. This what, yeah, And, and uh, frankly, there are some classes where there is actually time set aside for individual uh, feedback. For, but for the most part, that doesn't happen unless you ask for it. All right, next on my list is debrief, debrief. And what I mean by debrief is this is just about like a, it's like a self-introspection ponder time. It's about you just you know sitting down yeah, you know, maybe it's the next day or something, and you're just writing down some additional insights. You know, consider the feedback you received from the instructor, and just say, hey, you know, what 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 do I really want to like, remember from this? And and just writing it down. If it's a multi-day class, I would do this at the end of each day. Every every night, I would just like take some notes and and do a, do a personal debrief. Um, I I have uh, in addition to just writing down any, like personal insights, I will also take the time to actually write down everything about the curriculum I can. Like I'll remember, I'll try and remember like, okay, first we did this uh, drill and then he talked about this and then we did this exercise. Like I will, like I'm not trying to copy the instructor's curriculum. Like I'm not, I'm not a loser, Uh, but I am Mm -hmm. just trying to like really map as much of it out as I can so that Next time I go to the range, I can look back at them like, oh yeah, we did that cool drill on that day, or we did this first and then we did this, and my time was this, and and so I'm going to go do that drill again today. And, and so, th- as much as you could kind of just debrief. I think there's value to that.
1: Yeah, I I agree, and that gives you. I think that gives you the ability to sort of pick up those things that you want to ask the ins- the instructor, right? Like, if you don't do that, maybe you don't reflect on those things, and and it doesn't kind of. Uh, trigger you to go to the instructor and say, "Hey, can I get my times for this?" Or, um, "What was that drill you call?" You, you know, like I, I've had students like ask me, like, "Hey, uh, can you send me all the drills we ran in the class?" And I'm like, "I can," but it it it's much more. Um, if, if, if you, you know, if you want to know, Hey, what drill did we do to work on this specific skill or, or it's much more impactful than, Hey, just send me a list of all the drills. Cause I can say, Hey, I got all the drills on my webpage. go so check it out. Right. And that doesn't really do much for you. But if you're saying, Hey, that one drill that we did this, um, what were we working on for, with that? Like, what was the, what was the purpose of that? And, and, uh, can you send me my times or what were my times for that? If you debrief on your own, uh, it, it, May turn into a debrief where it causes you to, to to get with the instructor and get those things. And I would also say, um, as far as the instructor may be asking you as while he's debriefing with you or, or while you're asking questions, hey, how did I do? Like, what what was what was the best point uh, that you picked out, or what things really resonated with you, or could we have done something different that would have helped? Move the class along more smoothly, or and, and and that gives you you the ability to say um, to 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 better the class for the next student, and to 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 kind of uh, maybe you're going to take further instruction from this instructor, and that that feedback from the instructor the students is really valuable for that instructor, um, to, to, to better the class, better the curriculum, better his uh, or her, uh, you know, teaching style. So, um, all those things in the debrief are, are big for you immediately, you know, from that class or maybe inadvertently, or I don't know what, you know, coming later, if you end up taking a class or you're helping out future students. So,
0: Yep. Yep, nothing to add to that. I, I, the next one kind of comes right out of that, uh, out of this debrief, and that is plan your practice routine. I don't remember what episode it is, but at some point many moons ago, we introduced this idea of training, practice, and learning. That's kind of the the three, kind of the cycle we think of in, in our in our business and how we present this idea that you know training is you getting information from an instructor in a formal place generally that you pay for. Learning is like listening to this podcast. And practice is taking those things and, and getting repetition, trying to master the skill. So when you come out of the class, you really want to look at it and say, okay, what am I going to go practice now? Um, I really feel like I need to work on my grip, and I really need to work on target transitions, uh, or I need to work on cadence, um, or I need to work on, you know, really um, making follow-up shots really, you know, solid. Or my groupings are not tight enough, or what, whatever it is. And so, if you know, planning my next my practice routines, well, these are the drills that I'm going to start running at the beginning and the end of every time I go to the range on my own, uh, so I can measure how I'm doing and. Between running those drills, I'm going to do these exercises to work on this. Or in my dry fire, I'm going to focus on these, these little micro drills or whatever it is. So having a really, really good um, idea of what is, what am I going to do next? How, what is my, my routine going to look like for practice is really important. And then the last one, Matthew, I'll let you cover this one is pick out your next class immediately. Like when you finish taking a class, your, your last thing you should do to kind of bring all this full circle is decide what the next class is.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's kind of a a wise thing because um the, when you start taking advanced classes, it, it, there there's a I think there's a kind of a feeling that like, okay, I've been there and I've done it, right? Like I've taken all the the pistol 2 or the uh, tactical pistol 2 or, you know, advanced pistol 1 and 2, like everybody calls it something different, right? And I've taken that so I I need to go on to something else. And there's, there's a, I think that there's something to be said about saying, okay, I've taken this advanced pistol class here. Um, what, what's another pistol class that can build off of um, these skills even more, right? Like it doesn't mean you take an advanced class, advanced pistol class, and now I have to take a vehicle class, or now I have to take a, a extreme close quarters or ground fighting class or knife class. Those are awesome classes. And I'm not saying don't take them. I, I totally take them. I'm just saying like just because you've taken X class from one instructor doesn't mean if you take a class that's similar, that you won't learn something from that same sort of level class from another instructor. So I would say, start planning out, Hey, what are my goals? Like, do I want to start taking a vehicle class? Is that something that's important to me? Or do I feel like, Hey, I want to work on these skills and I want to, I want to get, another instructor's point of view on how to grip a gun or how to move from cover to cover and blah, blah, blah. Cause like we said, everybody, you know, instructors teach things differently. You might pick up something that you didn't pick up from this instructor and that and vice versa. So um, I think planning out your, your classes from the not like a hierarchical thing where I've done this now I must do this. Now I must do this. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a progression of that, 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 you know, isn't so, I've, I've graduated 7th grade, now I go to 8th grade, right? I've taken Pistol 1, now I must go to Pistol 2, and I can't take Pistol 2 from this instructor because I've already taken Pistol 2. Um, so I don't know if that makes sense, but um, as you start to plan out the, you you know your future training, um, think of it more as a holistic thing.
0: I mean, I don't think there's a single thing wrong whatsoever with you finishing a class, going through this process and saying, you know what, the next class I'm going to take is the exact same one I just finished. Sure. You know, maybe I just want to repeat it they just want to do it again. Um I don't you know I, there would not be any shame in that at all. Uh, and frankly it's probably a really dang good idea. Uh, we have some we have a few students who have repeated our entire 3-day curriculum with us, you know, uh, two summers in a row. Uh they just want to do the whole thing again. And hopefully that means they enjoy it first off, but more importantly they they feel like hey, I want to I want to start from the beginning. I want to hit these fundamentals again. I want to go through it all again. And uh yeah, I think that's super valuable. So yeah, I think I think the key here is in my world, if, you, if I ask you the question, anyone who's listening to this right now, what's the next class you're going to take? And you say, I don't know, you have a problem that you need to solve Like at any given time in this community, if we're serious about building our shooting skills, you should be able to answer that question, at least to some degree. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm choosing, you know, I'm, I'm between this one and this option. Uh, one is in August and one is in October. I haven't signed up yet, but I'm, I'm deciding, okay, that, that's viable. Like you know, props to you. But if your answer is, I don't know, uh, then I think you're missing out at any given time. We should know what our next step in the journey is going to be. And that's kind of the point. Yeah. Okay, very good. Well, that gives you eleven, or maybe there were twelve in there. Twelve things that you can do to get the most uh, value out of your next shooting course. It's the summer. If you don't have class that you're signed up for, go sign up. It's been a bit of a turbulent season relative to instructors having to cancel classes either because the ranges aren't open, or because less people are you know, willing to get out get out into groups of other people, and and so the just enrollments down, and sometimes a small class has to be canceled. But Enroll, sign up. If you're worried, check the return or refund policy, uh, but mm. get out there and get make sure you're, you're signed up for a class. Sure. I like Sean's comment here on Facebook. He says, the best class to take is the next one. And I really appreciate that, that it's all, always about looking forward and deciding when the next thing is going to be. Okay, Matthew, I think that wraps it up. A reminder that our sponsors today are Pig Lube and the Yellowstone Kit from Mountain Man Medical. You can learn more at mountainmanmedical.com or you can learn more about Pig Lube at concealedcarry.com forward slash If you haven't recently or you have never written us a review on iTunes, can I please ask you to do that? If you don't have an iTunes account, um, you can look for a different platform where you can review our podcast, maybe like Podbeam or a lot of these podcast uh, apps are are now allowing reviews. I still don't know if Google Play Music is or not. Uh, That'd be one you could check. But if you'll please go write us a review. If you have before, but it's been a while, go write us another one. Uh, Most of these platforms will let you write as many reviews for any given podcast as you'd like. So we would love to see some uh, updated and and recent feedback and comments from you guys. And obviously those reviews help us rank higher on those platforms and help more people find our podcast and get the same education and training that we hope you're enjoying.
1: That's it for me, Matthew. Any last words? No, just uh, thanks, guys, for always listening and and being loyal listeners. And uh, we love you guys and stay safe.
0: There you have it from, from the word, <laughs> words of Matthew Marister. Remember to train right, train often, train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Take care, everyone.